Well, great googly moogly, Brian. You're looking juicy. Thanks. <laughs> you don't look a year older. Thanks, man. Yeah. That means a lot. It, you turned a year older today. That's true. But you don't look. Honestly, I'm going to I'm going to be honest. You don't look a day over 32. Thanks, dude. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah. I needed a little bit of that love in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's officially 34. Yeah. No, 35. Oh, fuck, for real? Yeah. I think. <laughs> 87. Yeah, 35. Nailed it. Dang. I remember what it was like to be 35. Dude, I remember what it was like to be 34. I just felt like it was just yesterday. <sighs> it was. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I think like the fives I would still be a little more cognizant of. But I can't tell you how many times I've told people I'm 37. I am 36. I know. I I tell people I'm 37 all the time. And they're like, wait, really? And I was like, no, 38. No. <laughs> I think I'm just one past 35. So, yeah, 36. Yeah. Um, but 35, that's a, that's a good year. That's a really good year. Yeah, because you're not quite two years older than me. Right. Right. Dude, you were already walking when I was born. Makes you kind of a perv for doing this podcast with me. It's not the first time I've been called a perv. <laughs> My wife is eight years younger than me, so. Dope. Yeah, Anna's four years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Almost five? Yeah. Oh, almost five. So she wasn't like a high schooler when you were. Maybe she was a freshman. Yeah. I don't know. Age yeah. is but a number, Brian. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, When I was just becoming a high schooler, my wife wasn't a schooler at all <laughs> that's not true no she just like probably started kindergarten or something <laughs> well, i really enjoy thinking about that <laughs> just high school brian fucking looking at a girl playing on the playground no no that is not at all what happened no. now now you yeah now, now <laughs> it's it got weird it's ruined no it's all right <laughs> I've come. I've come to terms with it. We're, I'm, I'm you guys are perfect for each other. Yeah, you really are. Yeah, she keeps me uh, on the move, <laughs> and I kind of settle her down a little bit. Oh, I just have so many thoughts running through my head right now. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There, I mean, speaking of a lot of thoughts, I mean, there's so much to to talk about. A whole lot going on. I think the most important thing, and we mentioned it a little bit at the last. At the end of the last podcast, but I think is something I want to lead off with after since we've mentioned your birthday. Honestly, happy birthday. Thanks, Brian. Uh, you're uh, a tremendous human, uh, someone that every man should look to and respect. And, and I mean that in a way where it's like, yeah, you're masculine and everything, but you just have like a, a, a thoughtfulness and kindness and sensitivity that is true masculinity. Um, I think... Like a lot of times we associate masculinity with um, like, oh, firefighters and, you know, Coliseum gladiators. Um, but real masculinity is when you're um, comfortable with being vulnerable and you make everyone else around you feel better and safer um, just by being around them. And, and I think that's who you are um, for your family, your friends and and you know even even fucking bar guests like 
you treat like family and friends. And that's why, you know, we stopped in to see you and the restaurant was almost full on a Wednesday night, you know, which isn't a, a common occurrence in, you know, the cold weather and <laughs> the economic collapse on the brink and, you know, all these things that would point to, nah, a normal restaurant wouldn't be very busy, but it's because you're there and it's your birthday and people want to celebrate you. So happy birthday, my friend. I'm, I'm lucky to know you. I'm luckier to podcast with you. God, you're making me feel real vulnerable right now. So man, promise myself. So <laughs> promise myself. Oh, thank you, Ryan. That was very, very sweet. I'll have to start writing my speech for your birthday. No, 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 no. I, I didn't write anything. I was just, you know, I, I think um, very highly of you. And uh, as we've done this podcast, <coughs> as you we've think done less this, and less of me every episode. <laughs> no, no. It's it's actually quite the contrary. You know, our our whole relationship and friendship has been based on you know, these early conversations we had yeah. that were just willing to talk about anything and especially the hard shit. And we've, we've now created a podcast and people are willing to spend their time and some even spend their money on supporting us. And, and we're really fortunate to have that, but it, it all started with just having some conversations yeah. and within those conversations, I've watched you grow and not just like, Oh yeah, I learned, but like you really, you like researching stuff now. Like you, 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 you deep dive things. You're like, Oh, you, you get excited to tell me the rabbit hole you went down, um, on YouTube and, and the articles you've read. And there's times where I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, Kevin's probably pretty well prepared. And you like pull out like a fucking, you know, book of notes and like, yeah, I, I watched this movie and, or this, uh, you know, documentary on YouTube. And I read these three articles and I'm like, Oh shit! You read three articles. I read two. Fuck. Yeah, you went uh, to school for this, though. You, yeah, but I, I just want to say, like, I, I really marvel at at your growth and and how you don't stop growing. Sometimes it's easy to stagnate uh, once you're getting once you're really close to middle aged. Uh, it's it's easy to stagnate and be on the decline. And I I feel like you're just hitting a new trajectory point. That's just an absolute rocket ship right now. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I figured once my, <coughs> um, my growth stagnated at five foot six, I'd have to grow elsewhere. <laughs> that elsewhere is going to have to be my brain. Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we have a whole, there's dude, I, I've been, t so I, I, when I, when I'm working on Wednesday nights, everybody's like, Oh, so what are you guys talking about tonight? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, fucking tune in and you'll find out. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you now, motherfucker. There's no sneak peeks. <laughs> um, but it it was interesting because there's really so much to talk about. There's a lot. And there is a um, there's a, a little common denominator when there's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Yeah. Brian called me this morning, tears <laughs> of joy, just tears of joy. He said, oh, my God, Kevin, I knew it. I knew he'd be back. He's here to save us all, and he's running. Him in and JFK Jr. They're, they're all back. <laughs> they're all back. <laughs> they're all back. QAnon is alive and well. Yeah, they yeah. were right all along. Uh -huh. Dark Pizza. Brandon is dead. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Dark Brandon, for those of you that don't know, is a meme about Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, no, I. You're. You know, it's funny. I, I. I talk. You know, my company works with. You know. Uh, it's 
global but also national and obviously we work with people around the country and i i have a counterpart that lives uh in in uh, arkansas and so we joke around about politics from time to time Mm -hmm. and uh he immediately slacked me this morning he's like are you ready for Trump? Do you got your MAGA hat out of the closet yet? <laughs> it's like, don't you fucking do this to me. My, my cousin was like making a joke. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like people just want it. I think is I, I, I really believe in my heart of hearts. And I mean this in all modesty. A lot of people really like me. But I also think a lot of people like the idea of my heart busting out of my chest from from my blood pressure shooting to quintuple what it should be for a human being. Yeah, it was, I mean, I think, and I think everybody knew that this was coming. Yeah. I think as soon as we lost, even in 2020, we knew that, because I think you and I have talked about him being back in 2024. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the front runner. Yeah. I don't know. I, that, that I don't know. I don't know if he'll win. I would say that DeSantis is probably the front runner for, I think he's doing a, a good job of saying what needs to be said about Trump's flaws and what he would do differently. <coughs> I think it's going to be an all-out war between him and DeSantis. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Oh, let them meet each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let there be blood. Um, what? No, I'm I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I I I think I think quite con, con, uh, the contrary to that. I think that he is not going to uh, be the GOP pick. I think so many people in the, in in the Republican Party have tried to distance themselves from him. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's the the real wackos, um, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Boberts, who supposedly he's considering for, for vice, vice president. president. Yeah, uh, so progressive of him, of him. He wanted to have the second female vice president. Oh, what was what's his future daughter in law's name? Gosh, I don't know the brunette that like we we made fun of for you know blood alone. Moves the oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Gilfoyle, Kimberly yes. Gilfoyle, I believe yeah. it's is what her name is. I'm surprised she wasn't like his vice president pick. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Um, everything with Trump is a surprise. That's yeah. why he does great for, and you know this will be great for uh, um, all the left leaning news outlets because their you know Golden Goose is back and back with vengeance. Yeah, you know. My, I, I got to be honest. I was not surprised. Obviously, we, we were even teasing this out. Shit. Let me pause. Something I wanted to talk about besides just your birthday. Not oh. just your birthday. Your birthday. Um, <laughs> we're having an interview come up. Oh, yes. Uh, with Heidi Ernest. Yeah. Um, an incredible lawyer uh, regarding cannabis law. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of things uh, surrounding general news but also really starting to get into like a deep dive about cannabis law, both federal, state level, um, cannabis businesses, how it all works. You know, she's helped businesses get their licensing and, you know, how do you protect yourself and all this different stuff. And what does she see is like, you know, does she have a forecast and all that? Um, just a brilliant mind. I know her from high school uh, and I'll probably bring this up and, and embarrass her a little bit, but. Uh, she was on the debate team and she was just an absolute killer on the debate team. Uh, just a brilliant mind back then. And boy, has she just continued to shine. Uh, so we're going to have her on, on, um, our next episode. Yeah. It'll be, it'll air. Nah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we're recording Sunday. Jeez. Yeah. I know time flies. 
Yeah. Uh, which means I have to actually type up all these questions I have floating around in my brain and send them to her so she yeah. can prep. Um, speaking of, um, yeah, Jesus Christ, that is. Uh, speaking of uh, um, doing interviews, um, Brian and I have solved our glitchy YouTube issue. Did you? Yeah. I Thank you for giving me credit in solving it. Yeah. I had nothing to do with not true. It. Not true. You zoomed me. Oh yeah. 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 Wait, how did that solve anything? Because we tested all the the equipment. Oh. Oh yeah, you weren't there for the YouTube portion. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no. We practiced the Zoom. Call Kevin, too. Kevin, Kevin fixed all our YouTube shit. That no, I, it wasn't. I messed it, up it, on it, the, no, the no, no, no. It wasn't anything that needed fixing. It's just it was a. Um, internet speed issue. Yeah. Um, I was able to do a test stream. Only my wife watched. Um, <laughs> which shows that everyone comes for, for Brian. Um, <laughs> That's what been, they've told me. Might have been the fact that it was like 10 p.m. too. And oh. I was... Oh, okay. Um, and I said it to private. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I was able to stream, uh, not have any hiccups, interruptions... No drops in service, so uh, when we go to do our Hot Ones episode, December 4th, oh, baby. live. Um, from New York, it's Saturday night. Well, it won't be, I want to say it'd be live from here, but it's probably going to be live yeah. from Studio 2. It also makes sense, because it could be really cold by then. Oh, that's true. I didn't so, even think about that. So it just makes we've sense. Spent, we we've we've spent a couple of winters out here. So Yeah, dude. Remember remember like I see the little hisser over there, but remember yeah. when we didn't have anything? We didn't we didn't have an air conditioner. We had yeah. like a little plug in heater that like basically wanted to pop every outlet we yeah. had. Yeah. We actually uh, we, we tried to heat it up out here for our first live stream and we popped the circuits. Popped the circuit and I didn't yeah. know how to adjust it. Uh-huh. And then it's on the side of the house and I have a uh what is it? Detached garage, so it's it's very interesting. Anyways, yeah. let's get back to Trump. Trump. Um I have a prediction. Oh, okay, we're going right in. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, because I was I was uh I, I've been you know there's there's so much infighting going on right now in the GOP. Yeah. It's um it, it you know, I know it's not going to destroy the party but it's really doing some damage right now they're dividing um everything yeah yeah i mean there's there there's really becoming two factions almost yeah. um well i guess that was kind of happening that trump really caused that in 2016 anyways um but i mean there, there's still a lot of people out there who are trump trump or die yep. um i mean they're they're out there in droves so i don't think like i was saying i don't think that he'll he'll um you know, impress the GOP, and I don't think he'll be their candidate. I think he will still run in the Brian-named Trump party. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be very interesting what it'll do for the 2024 election. I think that um, while his election was being stolen, he is now going to be stealing votes. Ooh. Yeah. I like what you did there. Yeah, I wrote it down earlier when I thought about it. <laughs> I like what you did there. I, I, okay, let me preface it with saying, I hope that's the case. I, I don't know if he'll, I know he's going to run, right? He's yeah. going to run for the nomination. Yeah. And it's hard to deny that he's going to be the nominee with the sense that the R, the, the RNC or Republican 
platform right now is to follow what Donald Trump has said. They haven't fixed that from from the 2020 election. Right. So so the Republican uh, platform right now is to follow whatever Donald Trump says. So I think they'll need to fix that if he's not going to be their nominee. Yeah. Um, I think there has been a lot of distancing. I think even in the messaging from media news outlets that yeah. used to be super bullish and and supportive of the Trump administration, and now you see a lot more Republicans publicly calling him out. Yeah. And saying you lost this midterm. You don't get to take credit for anything except that your divisive behavior and like scare tactics and fear mongering actually were counterintuitive to what we were trying to do. So you do see obviously him and McConnell have been at odds for a while, but McConnell was willing to throw his weight behind him yeah. as that was the winning strategy in 2016. Yeah. Uh, that was not the winning strategy in 2020, and it was a devastating strategy in 2022 in the midterms. Yeah. Uh, we now know that the House is going to go Republican. I think they just cleared 218 officially. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's not like a 240 or something along those lines, yeah, and they didn't even take the Senate but actually lost a seat in the Senate, yeah, is pretty remarkable. And you had the people like McConnell coming out and saying, you know, we didn't put our best candidates forward. We didn't necessarily uh, have a good message. The the fear tactics and the things we were trying to uh, escalate to our voter base was not working. It was well, a bad is, strategy. Which is so funny too, because he had he gave that almost that same exact speech like months ago yeah said the same exact things yeah you know um the party is too divisive um you know we're not really standing for anything um you know so on and so forth um and now you know the the actually the interview you sent me uh earlier today i think yeah, it was the TikTok, yeah. yeah i watched the full interview and it was it was i mean it's interesting i it's, mean he really he 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 went after the republican party his own party as um, much as I dislike Mitch McConnell for his policy and behaviors as a politician, we have to acknowledge that he is a strategic genius when yeah. it comes to politics, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, Sun Tzu, right? Uh, you have to respect your enemy in order to defeat him. And he is a political genius. He's been able to do things that... Um, Unfortunately, I think are very damaging to the country, but were very beneficial to what he was trying to do. And that's, you know, he was able to push through nominees and block nominees for the Supreme yeah. Court. Um, you know, getting 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 Amy Coney Barrett in within like two weeks mm -hmm. is nothing short of uh, incredible, uh, simply from a logistics standpoint. But all the other things he was able to do when the head of the Senate was, was, you know, remarkable. Unfortunately, I think it was very damaging to the American people, but it was pushing across what his party wanted to do. And he was able to do it very effectively, very similarly. You know, we have like a Pelosi in the speak is speaker of the yeah. house, very effective, you know, and, and people on the right would say, Oh, she's, you know, the devil and all that. And we've Kevin and I have both been very clear, but I know I lean very left. So people would think I'm, you know, 
very partial to her. I'm not. There are things I have a lot of issue with in in regards to her behavior. But as a speaker, she's very, very good. Yeah. Mitch McConnell is that for the Republican Party in the Senate. Uh, however, he was being challenged already. Yeah. By Senator Scott. Yeah. Rick Scott. Yeah. Uh, un- you know, unfortunately for the MAGA movement and Rick Scott, uh, that challenge fell pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think everybody kind of knew from the get-go that he didn't have a shot in hell uh, of, uh, of taking McConnell's place. Um, I mean, respect, I guess, for for doing that. But, I mean, here you have Rick Scott, who is a an election denier, um, you know, full-blown Trump Republican. Um, that uh, He just, with the more moderate Republicans, he didn't stand a chance. Um, and I do think that there's a certain amount of fear that is associated with Mitch McConnell uh, because of the, the tools he has at his disposal. And, you know, we also... We're seeing a challenge for Speaker of the House, yeah, uh, with McCarthy and. Oh, actually, I do want to go back and just say Rick Scott, of course, was um, backed by Trump. Yeah. Uh, so put that as another mark in the L column. <clears throat> well, and and that's you know another thing that McConnell and and a lot of these pundits and strategists have commented on is while Trump does really well at this district level, right, like. A lot of his backed candidates, and we talked about it on election night in the last podcast, uh, which was a little less disjointed, so you probably were able to actually catch it. Um, we, we talked about how he does better at the granular level than he does, you know, than he does at the national scaled level, right? So when it came to House members. There's certain areas that he knew, you know, would res- his message would resonate. Whereas, at a grander scale, the state level, the national level, it just didn't work well. All of the gubernatorial candidates that Trump backed failed. Now, obviously, a Darren Bailey would fail here in Illinois, right? J.B. Pritzker has done very well as governor of Illinois, um, and then Illinois is a staunchly blue state in general at the statewide level at a district level it's it's you know there's a decent split but at the um whole state level it's generally goes blue although we had rounder you know uh what six years ago seven years ago eight years ago yeah um but in states like arizona where carrie lake actually had a really good chance she failed and that was a really heavily backed Trump candidate. Um, and she used a lot of the same messaging that he did. Yeah. And it fell really flat, not just the election stuff, but, you know, calling out John McCain for being a loser. That I was surprised that they ran with that messaging yeah. at all. You know, John McCain, the former senator and, and uh, POW survivor, um, you know, uh, kind of an Arizona legend, if you will, mm-hmm. in politics. Uh, Carrie Lake decided to, you know, shit on his legacy as a campaigning stump, and it did not go well in his home state. So, Yeah, I think she's already ready to um, say that the election is rigged for her. Yeah, yeah, she's heard, already I've, challenging. I've, I've heard wind of that. There's there. I saw something in DuPage County. 
Illinois, our home state, uh, there is a candidate at the local level who is going around and knocking on voters' doors, asking them to sign something, saying that their mail-in ballot wasn't valid or something. Mm -hmm. It's something really fucked up. And it's like, you know, there's there's so many political maneuvers that are just in such bad faith that really frustrate me. Like when we talk about election integrity and security, it's it's very fucking secure. But when we have these bad actors and now there's all this noise about election integrity that never really needed to happen. Now all of a sudden it's happening and it, it's forcing everyone to second guess. And even even the most um, uh, true, the, the truest believers like me in, in the election process are even like, okay, well, maybe we we need to go back and check this and do these things. It's like, it's so, it's so shitty. It's just well, shitty. It's easy to tug at those strings, you know what I mean? Because people who vote understand the importance of voting um yeah. and they they know that you know every single vote counts and um it's people's way of being heard so if you just tug at that little hard string of like yeah but what if maybe what if like your vote wasn't counted or like yeah. what if people are putting in fake ballots now i don't think that the election system or the voting system is perfect i think it works just fine and i think it's interesting that it there was really no call. Nothing is perfect but you, Kevin. Nah, that's not true. On your birthday. I'm looking at something perfect right now, baby. What's up? <laughs> um, I mean, no, this had never been brought up before. I mean, 2016, it kind of brought up, you know, with the you know Russian influence and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but until 2020, there was never really a point where everyone was like, oh, shit, maybe, maybe there is something wrong with the voting system. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to think that, that, you know, it's really only coming to people's attention now, um, but never has it really been brought up in the past. Right. Um, back to what I was saying, actually, about uh, Trump stealing votes, too. I think it'll be like, because it's funny to think, like, what was it, Perot? Yeah. Um, who did pretty well for himself, all things Yeah, considered. he had, like, three, I think he, I want to say he had, like, 4% of the national vote. Which, like, I think Trump could honestly pull. Oh, more. I know. I'm trying to think of a percentage. I mean, if he's, I if would he's say thir- thirty. I don't. I don't think he's got that kind of pull. No, not if it's against DeSantis, because people will be like, okay. I don't like. There will be the diehard Trump mm-hmm. supporters that like Trump or die, like you said. It's it's Trump or bust. I think that would that could secure him like twelve percent. Okay, because I think there's enough people who would prefer Trump to DeSantis but would prefer DeSantis to anything on the left. Right. So, and they know that splitting the vote, you know, they don't want a bull moose situation, right? Where right. Even though they think the better, it's it's kind of like how it works on the left. Like, you know, my Democratic candidate was Bernie Sanders, both times, like 2016 and 20, 2020. And then I was left with, well, it's Hillary or Trump, so I vote Hillary. And it's Joe Biden or Trump. So I vote Joe Biden. Um, 
you know, Joe Biden versus DeSantis. I vote Joe Biden if it's, you know, but all along I wanted Bernie. Yeah. And so I'm still not convinced that uh, that Joe Biden will, will run in 2024. Yeah, I, I have a hard I don't know. I have a real hard time believing that. I just don't in the next year, he won't start to reconsider. Yeah. Right. I think it's, you know, midterms. He wanted to have that stable in, in for all intents and purposes, Joe Biden got a shit ton done in two years. And when we look at these things, you know, I've rattled them off plenty of times on this podcast, but the infrastructure deal, the inflation reduction act, the chips act, the pact act, all these different things that he's done. All the while fighting a proxy war in Ukraine without yeah. putting any boots on the ground. And there's been stumbles, too, where, like, Afghanistan withdrawal. But, like, he was kind of had his back to the wall. He had to pull out at some point. So, all in all, he's done very well. Um, I just have issues with, you know, his age and how, how old he is getting. That is a concern for me mm-hmm. when we do have other good candidates. And I don't want to be put in a position where I'm like, well, I, I can't have... Trump. So if I'm stuck with Biden, like as Democratic candidate, yeah, I'm going to vote Biden. I, I would rather them weaken at Bernie's that shit, not weaken at Bernie Sanders, but weaken at Bernie's that shit and hit, play some music and have him dancing along, signing legislation that's going to be beneficial to the country rather than have Donald Trump back in office doing things that are going to tear us apart again. It really feels, believe it or not, and I hate to admit it because I didn't think it was possible. I feel like there's some bipartisanship growing. Like we saw the governor of Maryland turn it over uh, to a Democratic governor. Yeah. First black governor of Maryland. I I spoke about this a little bit, but the idea that it was such a genuine um, transition of power and he really wants his, his um, not predecessor, his, his um, successor Mm -hmm. to come in and be successful. He wants that next person to do well. Why? Because that's the people of Maryland. The people of Maryland are the ones that benefit from that. It's not party. It's not about that. It's about his constituents. And I'm like, that's the messaging that has to be, you know, how we move forward in this country. Wasn't Maryland where the exiting governor was very positive about the. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was a, a white bald guy. Yeah, I gave it to the black bald guy, dude. Keeping it in the bald family. Yeah, hey man, you know I'm a fan either way. (laughs) I feel represented either way. Okay. Uh, Um, but yeah, no, I I think that's that's kind of what we are seeing with like the Biden administration. He was so gung ho on doing things in a bipartisan fashion, and. By golly, it's it's actually happening, and maybe we do get back to it. I still don't think we're going to – for instance, they passed a measure in the Senate today to protect same-sex marriage and interracial marriage. I believe the vote was 62 to 37. So it passes. Great. Of course. Of course it's going to pass, right? But how the fuck do – how the fuck does – do 37 people vote No. I think some of the people that voted no actually have interracial marriages. It's like, well, how do you vote against that? I understand divorce is, is not cheap, but you don't get to legislate for everyone because you need a divorce and you don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Here nor there. In general, we are seeing a lot more bipartisan work get done. 
And that's something that is energizing because if we're going to get back to a, a better America, it has to be all together. And I think I'm a little nervous with what's going on with the economy mm-hmm. and how that's going to cause a, a radical change because it seemed like the pendulum was swinging yeah. towards the labor the 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 means of labor rather than the means of capital. Okay. And if it's swinging towards the means of labor, that's better for all, right? That means the the low man on the totem pole is getting paid better. I think that's better for the economy because now you have more people with more money and all of that. But I think with a, an an economy on the on uh, the cusp and you know these interest rates and now you're seeing all these layoffs especially at the white collar level. Yeah. Um, in the tech sector specifically where all this growth was and all this money was to see all that happening is, is something that's very scary for the economy. I feel like and Janet Yellen can, was on, she was, they were interviewing her, um, at the G20. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was, uh, cause where is it? Bali? Yeah. Yeah. Bollywood. Um, <laughs> but she was saying that she thinks that this, the, the economy will fix itself. It'll, you will start to see change in a matter of months and then we'll be back to a regular inflation, um, rise in 10 years, I think is what she had mentioned, but she didn't want to put a time limit on it. That's very interesting. Yeah. I don't quite understand. Me neither. Like I, I guess but I don't I, understand a lot of things. I, I I get what they're doing, which is driving down demand. It just seems like such a flawed concept. Yeah, and and I saw an interview with Pete Buttigieg, and he was talking about like, well, we had a choice, right? And this also goes for the the Trump administration. They chose to stimulate the economy they chose to give you know everyone wants to buy oh biden and inflation because he gave all that free money away well let's pull it back a second and realize trump gave like three times as much money away to both businesses and individuals and you know i will say that not having a a watchdog over the ppp program was very detrimental and we're seeing all the fraud and stuff like that but here nor yeah. there i still think it was a, a good move in in concept uh execution was poor but brian Brian and i did a a whole podcast on that yes we did yeah that happened um i i think it was important and we had a choice to not help out the economy where what we did was we tried to fix the supply side, like the supply chain issues. So the supply side of the economics and we manufactured demand to stay high by putting more money into the economy, into the hands of people. And what we could have done is none of that. And supply would have been down and demand would have been down. How do we ever grow back from that? And so I, I, I do understand that reasoning. I just still don't understand like, Hey, the way we drive down demand is hammer away at people keeping their jobs. So like raise interest rates so there's no venture capitalism, there's no free cash flow for investing and stuff like that, and therefore layoffs have to happen. There's less people working 
unemployment goes up, demand goes down, yay, inflation goes down with it. Yeah, That just seems really, really punishing. Whereas it, it, it seems to me that if all of a sudden you raised interest rates on savings accounts, right? Like why not, why not make it so that the middle and lower class, which where all this quote unquote demand was, mm-hmm. could make 4% on their money just by putting it away. Yeah. And then those banks use it to give away mortgages at 7%. They're making their 3% cut. And like, you know, you do it that way, right? It feels like that would have been the more beneficial way. Right. But I don't know. I'm not an economist and, and I don't get to make those decisions. But And sometimes things seem easier in your head. Absolutely. You know what I mean? and, and there could be something that that's being missed. Um, but I would love 4% interest on my savings right i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't be like ah what would happen is you would pass up some of those yeah smaller buys yeah like if you knew for a year you were going to get four percent interest two years yeah you'd be far more likely to say you know what we're going to skip the family vacation this year and i'm going to keep that in in my bank account right and save it for that year other people would say nah i don't need that four percent i'm still going to go but you're curbing some of that demand so yeah. that's what you're trying to do. It's more subtle, I feel, to to bring that down. But here nor there. You did mention something with G20, and I yeah. think that's really important. And yeah. right now, G20, uh, it, one of the main topics, obviously, the was, Ukraine. Yeah, was yeah. Ukraine, the energy crisis. Condemning Russia. A whole lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah, I think that was really, really important to continue to stay unified because we just had this this issue of uh of a missile landing in poland Poland. yeah and now it's been claimed that it was actually ukrainian missile defenses that landed and erupted in poland yeah killed four people too yeah yeah sad uh and and you know the thing was this whole time the reason you know, what I think Biden did beautifully was navigate this thing without putting any any boots on the ground or not, you know, getting our drones involved or not doing like whatever. We gave them all the these billions of dollars of uh, technology and weaponry and all that and armed them, but we never were there. And so we could play that we're not involved directly. But the whole claim was the moment you hit NATO soil. Right. We're getting in. And which is funny because originally uh, Zelensky was saying that, you know, there was no way it was one of their missiles. (laughs) Um, It had to have been a Russian missile. Like you could tell there was like a little bit of provocation going on there. Yeah. Um, I think he was ready for, you know, all of NATO to jump in. I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if this story, like, they don't know for sure one way or another. So they're they're creating the narrative so they don't have to get involved. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, well, right from the get-go, Biden had said, like, I don't think that it was a Russian missile that would have hit. He right. said, you know, he said, like, you know, we had to wait for all the evidence to come in. He wasn't rushing in gung-ho about it, um, which is good, man. It's, it's always important. I've said this before. Um it's always important to wait till all of the information is in before you start to make a judgment call. I agree. I fully agree. And if we can stay out of that situation, great. Um, I think that's 
absolutely imperative that we don't get heavily involved. But at the same time, if a NATO nation is getting attacked, like it needs to be met with a fury that yeah, we, it, we or, promised. Um, is it, are they called articles or is it sections when you're talking about, um, cause I think it's section five or article five is basically if that's invoked, then all the NATO, um, countries come together to fight. I don't remember. Yeah, they were talking about it today on the uh, the old television. Wonderful. Which I don't have cable. It was definitely on YouTube, but I was watching nonetheless. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't... I I, th- I think they would have to act. I, I just think it's a very interesting narrative now. I think what we're almost a year into this whole thing. It's crazy. And... I think the narrative is changing. You know, Putin is far less public all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. There's lots of rumors about his health de- absolutely deteriorating. I-, I would imagine that he's not going to be long lasting. And the moment people find weakness that are his opposition it within within his own walls, I think there's a, a very good chance that he won't make it. And so... I think the longer we can delay escalation, the better. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so that was a, a major topic of G twenty. Also, you know, China and uh, and and the United States' relationship has gotten. I think it's starting to defrost a little bit, which is good. It had gotten very frosty. It had gotten very cold uh, between Biden and G or G G G. Yeah, XI. She, it's, I think it's she. She? She? President? I think it's she. I literally just heard it pronounced today. Okay. Um, but I could between be the leader of China and the leader of the United States. Yeah. Uh, had gotten very frosty. And it's kind of ironic with the narrative that was coming into it all. Right? It was like, oh, Biden is all buddy-buddy with China. And obviously, you know, Hunter Biden and the laptop and, you know, deals with China. And well, Biden was not not very uh, tight with them. So uh, they're trying to set better ground rules and expectations of one another. And I think that would be good. Um, You know, it's it's funny going back to Trump a little bit here uh, with his his announcement of course, it was riddled with lies, right, all over the place. And uh, he talked about the gas uh, prices, the the wall that he built, and it needs to continue. All the shit that he could pull out. Afghanistan, he quoted wrong prices or the wrong uh, numbers for the amount of money that was lost as we pulled out, and the amount of the cost of the things we left behind. All that stuff. But yeah. he also talked about Russia and China. And, you know, he made it seem like uh, Russia's, you know, you know, an enemy of the state, which it is. But, like, he was all buddy-buddy with Putin the whole time. And I don't I don't want to have another four years of him. I can't. I, I, you know, I think you can rest easy. You know, I think it'll be probably um, a little stressful for you. Yeah, because I don't want to fall into the trap of 2016. Yeah. Right? 
This guy has no fucking chance. Not at all. You know, I know Clinton isn't the most liked, but she's seasoned. She has the resume to be president. It makes sense. She's not a fucking lunatic. She's not on fucking reality TV. You know, There's no chance did. that she loses to him. And she fucking did. Well, that's because I think in 2016 especially, there was a lot of um, negative press for Hillary. You know what I mean? I think that... Um, she didn't have the best reputation. She's, you know, this big lifelong politician. She's been in it for years and years and years. Um, and everybody that voted for Trump, or not everybody, but a lot of the people that voted for Trump in 2016 were people that were, they were just kind of done with the status quo. They wanted something different. They wanted something shocking. Um, and so they put their, their faith in Trump. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be that kind of a scenario. Uh, in 2024, so I think that already takes uh, a little bit of the edge off. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple of last little uh, quick hits um, that we'll, we'll, you know, talk about before ending. I know it's it's getting late and it's your birthday. You got to get home to the kids and kiss them goodnight. Uh, well, it's oh, still your sleeping. birthday. I know, yeah. but it's still, it's still your birthday for a little while longer. Hold on, I got to pause really fast. So... We just got interrupted. I'm, I'm telepathic. I'm going to do a real quick aside because I know I, we literally said five minutes. Quick aside. We're at dinner visiting Kevin. We play, I guess, the animal game. No joke. I was thinking buffalo or bison. I couldn't decide between the two. And I was like, oh, shit, it's not my turn. Noel goes. We go around and around with all these questions. And I go, Noel, if this is right, I knew what it was. And I said, is it a buffalo? And she's like, Yes. I was like, oh, telepathic right now. We got to get Kevin going. <laughs> I do want to mention this. Maybe we get a little bit of time before our, our interview with Heidi uh, on Sunday to do a quick little hitter on, on Twitter. Uh, quick hitter on Twitter. This Elon Musk thing, I am enjoying the shit out of watching his money burn away. Oh, well, he made a. I mean, it was stupid of him to buy Twitter for what he paid for it. Because $44 billion for a $10 billion company. Yeah. Great business, man. Yeah. Plus, he's running it into the ground where it's going to have zero value because all of his advertisers left. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to charge you $8 a month. Anyone can be verified. And he was a Twitter troll, and he decides to give all these trolls the power. And watching people sign up as Lockheed Martin, oh, once again. But now he's playing the hard ass that he liked to be at Tesla and SpaceX where it's like, you got to work, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, sleep at the, at the, at the building because you're working so hard. Cause that's what he does and all that. And it is not going well. Yeah. I feel so bad for the people that have been stuck there or that got let go, but, uh, definitely want to make uh, a little, little, little tidbit there because yeah. I enjoy it and I'm going to continue enjoying watching his failure, but I, I hope the best for all the Twitter employees before we go, Kevin, once again, happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I'm sorry you get to go clean up some mess, but yeah. it's still the best. My, even little guy, it, my little guy's got an upset tummy. So even when you get to spend shitty moments with your family, it's still moments with your family. Oh, so yeah. At least the perfect least, way to end your birthday. Hey, I'll tell you what. It's always nice going home, and they're actually beating people up. So, like. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, everyone else. Please, please uh, take a minute, reach out to Kevin, say happy birthday if you get a chance. 
If not, just say it in your mind while you're listening to this. Spread the word. Bring the Mad Libs community. Make it bigger. Uh, do good. Be great. Love, Love you guys. We the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Saint the status quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydive yelling out Ronimo. This is bye bye Tata Audio. This is all or none. This is all I know. This that I don't know. We try and go. I don't even know. I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends trying to hit the road. Trying to catch a wave. Gotta see my soul. Thought I was gone, but I'm back. Why ones on the attack? Just break out.